0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. One hour already in the can as we begin our second hour on a Thursday morning. Father Jason Leffer joining me, Father James Gross from the Diocese of Fargo here in our Grand Forks studios. We are just. Uh, we're uh, enjoying the uh, cool breeze coming through the window, the, um, uh, the beautiful foliage, which is starting to uh, approach its peak. So these next few days are going to be just simply beautiful in the area. And the
2: thing is, we see, at this time, we always pray that there's not an early frost because as soon as the frost comes the leaves just fall we we would love to be able to enjoy this beauty for a little bit longer or some fluke early
1: snowfall uh, that happened actually i was thinking um three years ago my predecessor here at saint mary's uh god rest his soul father uh dan Minerevic, was uh, called from this life and uh so his funeral was around this time and shortly thereafter there was a snowfall that ripped many of the leaves off, and uh, so when we had, um, because of various circumstances, his burial was not on that day, but some days later, there was uh, some thick snow, you know, on top of the green grass in the cemetery, and it was it was just kind of sad because it really abbreviated the 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 feast for the eyes that uh, the summer that the season of autumn
2: can be. So we we in North Dakota here we learn to rejoice in the things when they come, and so I am rejoicing right. in this. Is so beautiful. And yeah, glorious. yeah. Now,
1: our listeners in Minnesota and Wisconsin may be thinking, they're spoiled. About, "Yeah, they're what, spoiled." What, what, what's the big deal? Now, I have to tell you though, uh, North Dakota does have a forest fire prevention program. We space the telephone poles far enough <laughs> apart so that, you know, anyway,
2: <laughs> the mountain, mountain removal project is 99 percent complete. Yes, yes,
1: indeed. That way, you get a clear view yeah. of Montana,
2: right? <laughs> As Father McDermott always says, "In the Red River Valley, where you can watch your dog run away for three days." <laughs> Yes, indeed. Our uh,
1: dear uh, buddy, uh, Father Bill McDermott of our diocese. And so, speaking of buddies from our diocese, we have uh, a brother priest on the line who is the new pastor of St. Anthony of Pottawa Catholic Church in uh, the near, uh, just south of downtown Fargo, Father Gerard Braun. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Thank
3: you. Good to be back.
1: It's great to hear from you. Um, So uh, it's been, um, if my arithmetic is is accurate, about three months or so since you began there. How are things going so far?
3: Well, uh, wonderful, actually. I've been serving uh, for 17 years at St. Michael's up there in Grand Forks. Um, A lovely community and hard to say goodbye. But um, the blessing of uh, beginning again is uh, always a gift. to to take life one day at a time, and so being here at St. Anthony's these last three months has has been that. It's been a blessing to begin to learn uh, about a new community of faith and their walk of life with Christ, Um, and very welcoming community, very open, and um, continue to keep St. Michael's in my prayers, for those of you listening from the community of St. Michael's, that you're doing well with the Courtright, your new pastor, um, and all is going well with the transitions. No,
2: no, Father Gerard. I mean, we have a number of burning questions to ask you. Okay, so the the first one is: so those of us who know you, we know that you're you're a graduate of UND. Uh, you're the pastor at the Newman Center at UND for years. You're a pastor at St. Michael's for years. You're, you're thoroughly, uh, definitely you've got to be a Sioux, now a, now a Hawks fan, right? Marinated so, in so Grand so Forks. all thanks, Grand Forks. You know, as Father Gross, who's the big bison fan, and I'm the big Sioux fan over here, you know, as we stare at each other across the, the soundboard here, how were you doing uh-huh. amongst all those bison, especially with the bison Sioux
3: game coming up here? Must
1: soon? be glorious, right, Father? <laughs>
3: Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, um, uh, beg uh, neutrality. Let's put it that way. You play the role of Switzerland. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Fa- Father Switzerland is what.
3: Well. <laughs> right,
1: so you mentioned a 17-year uh, stint uh, at uh, St. Michael's, a neighboring parish here in Grand Forks. Um, so it, it must have been a little bit of a challenge to be in a place that long, uh, rounding up your belongings when it came time to organize and to move. I'm sure things uh, got pushed into lots of nooks and crannies all through the rectory, right? Yes, correct. And
3: that's when I began to realize uh, this follow of, we don't make about poverty as a and priest, but certainly the Lord calls us to simplicity of life, and I realized I was getting a little far from the mark, so um, it was a gentle reminder to, uh, yeah, that we must uh, walk lightly in life, I guess, as best we can can do that. But it was. I I had quite a few things stocked up, yeah.
2: I I always talk about the (laughs) disease of stuff. You know, as a priest, you really get in touch with that when you're called to move, or when You realize, oh, I'm infected with a disease of stuff. I've got stuff everywhere, and I don't know what to do with this stuff.
3: <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so give us a little... It.
2: I'm sorry, go
1: ahead, yeah, Father. We had,
3: yeah. Well, we had wonderful help, though, from both communities, both at St. Anthony's and St. Michael's, pitching in to help Father Courtwright who created places with me. So when I moved my stuff down, those prisoners helped out to move his stuff back up. So it was a great day. <laughs>
1: that is that is something that we very much appreciate and it's great to hear the the help that you received there um now father we'd like to just uh, uh, go back down memory lane a little bit with you as you could uh, orient us to um yourself and uh, uh, growing up and um uh, how that whole uh, discernment of your call to the priesthood just uh, in in a brief summary how that how that came about for you uh, yes um i think
3: the holy spirit Began to act in my heart uh, when I was in first grade um, to uh, Father Wisniewski in Lakota, North Dakota, where we served at St. Mary's Parish there. And he uh, struck my, my heart, my imagination, and that's when I thought I want to be a priest. And that was nurtured again through the years, uh, many different events, but particularly uh, when I was in college um, visiting Cardinal Men's Seminary to visit a friend. And that particular weekend, uh, he wasn't there, but Father Val Gross, Monsignor Val Gross. And I spoke, and, and somehow the Holy Spirit really lit the fire at that time in, in, the, in a deeper way. And I responded and entered the seminary cargo mensch for two years, from uh, 1979 to 1981, and then four more years at Josephine in Columbus, Ohio. woo My 19- alma mater!
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah,
3: so it was a, a grace-filled um, calling, I believe, uh, to many events uh, in my life, but those are some significant ones, Yeah. Excellent. Um,
1: and so you were you were raised in Jamestown, is that correct?
3: I was. Uh I grew up okay. there from nineteen sixty six to graduating in seventy six from high school and served by uh, some great wonderful pastors at that time too, but Hendricks, senior Brother Engelhart, uh that come to my mind initially. Uh, yeah. Very so, good.
1: And you also were a pastor for some time at St. Catharines in Valley City, correct?
3: Yes. Um, after my ordination, I was able to serve at St. Joseph's in Devil's Lake for four years with Brother Larry Haas, wonderful mm-hmm. years. Um, and then from there to the St. Thomas Aquinas Newman Center as a associate pastor and then pastor for eight years I was there. And then after the flood of 1997, I did uh, re- reassign to uh, Valley City, St. Catharines for seven years before I came back to Grand Forks to serve again at St. Michael's. I, I could, couldn't seem to get away from Grand Forks between college, the Newman Center, and then the Grand Monster. Finally, I broke free. <laughs> but the city community. kept
1: calling yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So as,
2: as you look back upon all the, the ministries that you, you have served in and so forth, how, how do you see God's providence in your life as He's taken you from one assignment to the next in the various communities that you've served?
3: That's a um, good question, but a kind of a growing awareness, too, of, of God's providence. That is, that even through times that I recall as being challenging, difficult, wondering where God's presence was, truly His hand was Um, even then forming us as as scriptures speak, uh, clay and uh, and he is the potter and we're the clay and molding us and shaping us to become more an image of his mercy and love and um, so I I do think throughout the journey, I mean I could mention even the fact that summer before I was going to Cargerman Seminary, I was worried that maybe I hadn't pursued a relationship with a young lady and deep enough and, and realistic enough to, so my question was, am I running away from marriage? Well that very summer, God blessed me with a young lady who we got to know one another, and and really realizing by the end of that summer that I have a choice. <laughs> I could truly pursue marriage, and but I needed that because I was, you know, I never really had a significant relationship that had gone gone very serious. So, but that was in a sense we talked about marriage and realizing, okay, this isn't this is a real opportunity. But I I couldn't deny that I felt called within by the gift of the Holy Spirit, a sense of assurance. You can't put it into words. It's just you you, you know that you're called. And I, I see that as God's providence, working even then to help me be reassured that He wanted me to choose His path.
1: Excellent. Um, now... Considering that you're the pastor there at uh, St. Anthony's, I want to give you an opportunity for a quick plug for uh, the upcoming Fall Bazaar, from what I've seen that that uh, event is on and is, is going to be happening. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what your parish has on tap for that uh, this coming Sunday?
3: Yes. Um, this is the end of the 60th year, I believe, of St. Anthony's Fall Bazaar. It includes a wonderful turkey meal served from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., so four or four hours. That's your meal, but there'll also be uh, bake sales uh, in the morning, craft sales, silent auction. We have books for sale. Um, A lot of people involved in the community, kind of putting this together. A great uh, planning committee, uh, Mm -hmm. headed by Marilyn Ort in our parish, and uh, yeah, come on out for a delicious meal. Um, Can't go wrong, and a few other things to boot to boot.
1: Yeah, and one of the big uh, events, which I think may have happened either last night or uh, earlier on, was uh, the apple coring and peeling for the <laughs> uh, for for, for, yeah, for the yeah. apple for the apple pies. So, uh, it did, did that uh, did that take place already?
3: That's going to go on tonight. You, that's right, Father Goose. You were here for about three years, I believe, right? Yes, yes, country. I was.
1: So, okay, tonight's the big <laughs> night to get to get in on that uh, on that festivity.
3: Amen, yes. And still bring some apples if you have any. The apple will turn out on the trees. It was a little lower, they said.
2: Ah. I, was just getting, I, was, I was a deacon at St. Anthony's as well So I'm just sitting here realizing we've, we've all oh. Spent time at St. Anthony's Right,
1: right, know. that was yeah. your transitional Deaconate summer in yeah. 98, That's yes correct. And I was yeah. uh, down the road at St. San Angelicum Well, we're going to transition mm-hmm. after this break Coming up here, if you'll stick with us Father Braun, because we're going to w- talk about uh, The blue mass that you have Scheduled for next week And uh, the importance to keep those folks uh, In our prayers and to provide support to them So uh, we'll be continuing our conversation With Father Gerard Braun. After this break, you're listening to Real Presence Live.
0: Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of
2: Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute.
0: Welcome
1: back to Real Presence Live. Thanks for sticking with us. Father Jason Leffer joining me, Father James Gross as priest of the Diocese of Fargo, hosting from our Grand Fork Studios. Just a reminder that most Saturdays we will rebroadcast encore presentations on these airwaves of the Real Presence Live programs in their consecutive order of the weekday broadcasts from Monday through Friday. And that begins at 6 a.m. Central, 5 a.m. Mountain Time here on Real Presence Radio. And uh, we thank you for your support once again as we are mindful of the fall live drive and and the um, requests that we made to you to uh, partner with us in this ministry thank you so much for your generosity and for being with us and we have father gerard braun who is the pastor of saint anthony's and one of the main things we wanted to visit with you about is an event that's going to be held for the catholic community in the uh, fargo area uh, called a blue mass Uh, tell us what this is about please
3: yeah, the Blue Mass is a, a mass that began way back in 1934 in Washington, D.C., at St. Patrick's Church. Um, it's a uh, mass to honor, um, first of all, police officers, but in conjunction with that, to honor all those men and women who serve both uh, in police officer work, firefighters, correction officers, first responders, emergency medical personnel, um, to honor them for their their service, their uh, their dignity of Helping out the community, and um, so it's a mass held to both pray for them uh, in their in their work, but also to remember those that have given their lives in service to their to their communities and nation in those uh, different ministries. And it's held on on the, the day of Saint Michael the Archangel, his feast day, as uh, the patron saint of, of police officers and military. Uh, so, a Candle of, of Saint Michael Mass Day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> St. Uh, yes, uh, Saint Michael the Archangel on September 29th, which is Wednesday of next week, and the start time is 6.30 p.m., correct?
3: Correct, yep. We'll be hosting that here at St. Anthony's Parish um, with the aid of some of our students from our religious education program, because that's tradition- traditionally when our mm-hmm. classes are held for our, our families. So they're going to participate in honoring our men and women who serve in the police department and all those other first responders.
2: So I mean, obviously the color blue. And that, does anybody know why traditionally uniforms for police are blue? Is there? Does anybody have? I I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly
1: like sure mm. why, but there there is that association of the, the blue, blue. mass with the the typical blue uniform you, for many you, you police you easily officers. Easily
2: identify. Well, it's a police officer. He's wearing wearing blue. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know there are. We, we also celebrate. Well, we got the blue mass, the red mass, the white mass mm-hmm. for so these different colors. I think red is for uh, those in the law profet- uh,
1: profession, uh, attorneys. Uh, you know, law school. I think at, at UND, uh, Father Meyer is is, is tried to um, do that as well. And and the red symbolizes uh, the color red of martyrdom of Saint Thomas More Who's as a pat- attorney patron saint, saint, attorney and chancellor um, who was uh, executed by command of King Henry the Eighth in fifteen. Thirty-five. The white mass is uh, for um, uh, doctors and, and uh, nurses and other medical professionals. And that one is, they
2: have a ceremony where they're invested with their white their white coat. This, this is one of the things along there. So, um, so that's why the, it's the white mass. The mm-hmm. color white is for right. purity. So medical. it's
1: neat to see this. Um, uh, intersection you might say of particular important service uh, careers and industries in the society um, uh, why what what um what what is exciting to you uh, father braun to be able to uh, provide this opportunity there in in Fargo moorhead
3: well first of all yeah to say thank you to these men and women who um, and all the first responders in police in particular because of their role of you know intervening with um crime and uh, trying to protect uh, the people of our nation. And so, obviously, we are, in the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of uh, press uh, raging on, them. Um, well, not always highlighting the, the quality of, of the, the good that they provide, but rather mm-hmm. so, like so much in culture in our society, trying to pick out just the flaws and, and, and highlight them as though that's the only thing you can see is just the, and thus police forces are seemingly under attack in some major cities and in some states even wondering if they should kind of disband the police force and come up with some new vehicle to protect the community but i i don't think that's realistic at any rate um i think we want to show our respect and our gratitude and to pray for these men and women who serve us and help yeah. protect
1: i'm glad that you mentioned that in particular father because if you visit with um people in um uh in the police offices uh, sheriff's departments law enforcement in numerous different levels it's not just a, in an inherently dangerous sort of an occupation, but the, the amount of flack that they have to put up with if they're entering in a domestic uh, uh, a violence uh, situation, or even even a traffic mm-hmm. stop with uh, the discourteous nature and road rage of, of things like that, you know, that they have to subject themselves to. Uh, these folks need uh, support, and I think that's one of the ways in which chaplaincy and uh, relationships as Catholic priests And pastors can really help them by being someone they can um, uh, can lean on and uh, vent to in some cases, if necessary. Yeah,
2: I I know. I I know the state of North Dakota actually has um, for for those in police force, they have a chaplaincy set up where it's it can be anonymous or or known to they can get. There's, I'm I'm actually on that. (laughs) I'm a volunteer. Uh, if they need to process uh-huh. things or to talk to a minister to deal with things that they 're dealing with it I mean like so many professions there's there 's things that they encounter that they are not at liberty to share with others or uh to, to speak about or to process and like I remember my um my roommate in college his dad was he he was in the police force and you know on a regular basis he would he would share um just some of the things that they would encounter in the line of work, which was i I mean, I just, I just can't imagine how your normal person processes those things or deals with them. It can be extremely traumatic, and then it's it's very hard on marriages, and it's it's very yeah. hard in the family as well when they bring it home. Plus, it's hard in the spouse worrying about uh, the one who's yeah. in in the profession, and even the children. You know, wondering if mom or dad yeah. or is going to be safe or come home. Right. And so there there is a lot of stress and tension that goes along with this, and so it. And I think this this is where the Catholic faith has um, so much to offer to To they who do so much for us, we we can assist them in turn in spiritual ways or um, other ways as well.
1: In in the context of this uh, Blue Mass here, uh, Father Braun, uh, maybe you're not um, uh, aware of this, but are there individual, let's say, officers or representatives of different groups that are going to be playing some sort of active role in the liturgy, or is it just a matter of inviting them to, to come and to be present and to pray for and pray with them?
3: Yeah, uh, the latter, um, that that basically we are ministering to them through our people, um, uh, but they would be just participating and then we'd be praying for them and and, uh, and with them at this Mass. And it's welcome to all people of all faith, not just Catholics, as we honor them and pray for them.
2: uh, You know, and I think, too, I mean, one of the things, especially the three of us are priests and we play a role, but also, you know, appeal to the laity, I mean, especially this day and age that we could really... We really need to pray for a, a change in attitude and just and i'm I'm saying mm-hmm. in a big civic on a civic level of and even on a national level our first segment was about gk chesterton and he, you know he'd speak into this about you know why are we divided or whatever you know things like this and mm-hmm. i mean th- there should be just an absolute source of unity to and support for our our law enforcement i mean they're they're doing a job it's a thankless job i mean nobody mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so um but but really, we do. We need a conversion of culture, we need a conversion of attitude and mm-hmm. to, across the board. I'm not pointing at any particular people, but I'm just saying, yeah. as a whole, respect for authority right. and those who bear these things. Yeah, for, so as we kind of wrap
1: this up here, uh, Father Braun, another thing I was wondering, as you've been thinking <laughs> about uh, hosting this Blue Mass for the community, how can we as a church um, invite people to grow and, and to move past sort of that um adolescent rebellion kind of the uh from the old fashioned song I fought the law and the law won <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing to uh to, to, to see that um you know that they're that they're ultimately looking out for us and that uh if we find ourselves in a position where we need that uh where we need that sustenance you know need to be uh, sustained and, and defended that uh that's what they sign up for to do.
3: Yeah. Well I would I think first to, would be to help us as a, a community, as a human race, to recognize that there is evil in the world. Um, we are wounded, broken people with original sin, and and given that, there are people who are out for themselves, cruelty, evil, all kinds of perpetration, and, and even without intending it. Like you mentioned earlier, I think Father Leffert, situations of just domestic abuse where we haven't learned how to live together in harmony and relationships and marriage. And, so, all that being given, these are men and women in the police force and first responders who, given an imperfect world, are there to help us. <laughs> Why would we be angry and, and when they're literally trying to do their best to protect, to serve? Uh, you know, whether it's a firefighting or an ambulance, someone's in an accident. If if we don't have those people who are willing to step up to the plate to help come and serve in those situations and emergencies, right. we're we're going to be hurting. Yeah. So, you know, hypothetically speaking... Regardless of the official position of a uniform, it's a human being that's responding here. See them as human Uh, beings, like we are. uh,
2: Hypothetically speaking, not that this would ever have happened to me, but to always be prepared if, if, hypothetically speaking, I ever got stopped for speeding. You know, the first thing that I would hypothetically tell myself to do is like, you know, because anger rises up, you know, I got caught here speeding in order to say, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, I thank and praise you. Thank you that this person is here to remind me of the law, to bring me under the law, because it's for my good and the good of everybody else here. And it's, it's, it's a severe discipline, but it's real. And that's just one tiny little way, because why should I be angry at the officer when he comes to my window? I mean, mm-hmm. he's doing his job. Right. And, so, and, it, and I've, I've learned this. It's, it's really helpful. And oftentimes, it's even when they give you the ticket or whatever, to be pleasant, and I, I always I force myself to thank them. After they give me the ticket, I say, thank you for doing your job and being here, because I need mm-hmm. you. You know, And their
1: interaction may prevent something far worse from happening that one could, could never know. So we thank, we, we thank those folks, including uh, detectives and dispatchers and all the different people involved with those angles of law enforcement. Once again, this Blue Mass is taking place next Wednesday, the 29th, on the Feast of St. Michael the Archangel at 6.30 p.m., St. Anthony of Padua Parish in Fargo. Father Gerard Braun, thanks for taking the time to visit with us, and blessings to you and your ministry. Thank you. Good to be with you. Thank you for Thank your you. ministry. Wonderful. Up next, you can be part of a movement to save lives. Learn how next from a couple of volunteers in our local area. This coming up
0: on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.